song from our Father's heart. He, will, he won't let us go. Well, I asked Lucas to play today. We are talking about, we're finishing up a three-part series. We talked about time, talked about treasure, and today we're talking about talent. So I asked Lucas to play a song for us. You see what I'm getting at right there? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for what you are doing in our midst. I thank you for every person here hearing this on the podcast or hearing this live. I pray your spirit would move in power. I pray you would speak to us. Father God, I pray that you would remind us that we are forgiven. There's no condemnation in Jesus and so we can listen and worship and receive with a heart that is not full of shame. So speak to us. And everyone said, amen. Amen. This past week was a big week in the self-house. My son Eli is five and a half, and he has never gone to preschool. He has um, been at our house pretty much every day for all those many a year, and he started kindergarten on Monday, and it was an interesting day for us. We all went, and Selah was heartbroken because her big brother's not going to be there. Amy was heartbroken. She's mom, and, um, <laughs> and I was heartbroken because he's my son, and it, we're those parents. I'm trying to hold his hand in the parking lot. We're leading him into the kindergarten. We walk him all the way down the stairs, all the way to class. I hang up his bag. We remind him about his snacks. We, 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 we won't leave. And the whole time we're doing this, there's cars coming to the parking lot. You see a foot kick a kid out, and then it peels out and leaves. <laughs> and I asked the teacher, I, I, I said, I don't understand. I said, who, who are those people just dropping their kids off and leaving? And she goes, oh, well... You're kindergarten parents, and we're eventually going to have to escort you out. Um, but those are the sixth grade parents, and life's a little different. <laughs> and Amy and I started talking about it, it caused some discussion with us as we thought through this. It became clear Eli has spent five years in our house, and we have poured into his character. We have taught him all we know about what it means to be a loving and truthful and honest person, to live wise and to, to be a good friend. But at some point, you release them. And for us, it was our first big one. We released Eli, and he's seven hours with other people. And our hope is we're just trusting that what we planted in him for five years, there's a harvest of good character. You know, oftentimes, especially in younger kids, kids don't go to school and just start manifesting good character that wasn't put there by their parents or grandparents or guardians. What we plant in them comes out, especially at that age. And so it's one of those planting and harvesting. We're hoping that we have a harvest of good character. And the Bible talks about this all throughout. It's all throughout the Bible if, and life if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. It's, it's sowing and reaping. It's planting and harvesting this law of this principle of life that, that what you plant you're going to harvest you ever planted an apple tree and wish you had oranges it doesn't work you you harvest what you plant and, and it's true in your marriage it's true in your finances it's true in your relationships it's true in your work it's true in your how your talents and skills it's true in your church and it's true even in this room with how you view this body how you view your place in it and how you view god the laws of planting and harvesting that you're going to reap what you sow. It's an amazing principle, and it's this principle that I want us to stick with as we go into Matthew 25, which is gonna be our text for today. We're gonna have it on the screens. You're welcome to follow along with me. But we are talking about talent and what it means to, to have talent, what it looks like to give God our talents. And so we go to Matthew 25, and Jesus is asked a question, what's your kingdom like? 
Now, this is a very important question, and it's not, it's not a question of like, what's your kingdom like someday when you come back? It's a tricky question because Jesus' kingdom is here and now and there and then. Like God's kingdom is, is here and it's growing and redeeming and moving, um, but someday he will return and his kingdom will be eternal. And so when you ask God, what's your kingdom like? It's like all these things, but it impacts us in the present, in the now. And so as Jesus talks about what his kingdom is like, lean forward and listen, because this is important. This has ramifications for how we live. As he speaks about these things, he's speaking to us now in our lives. And he says this, my kingdom will be like a man who goes on a journey, who calls his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability, and then he left and went on his journey. You know, the actual term here in many translations, it says, it doesn't say bags of gold, it just says talents. So it would read, one had five talents, another had two talents, and one had one talent. A talent is a measure of money, and it's no small measure, it's actually the largest measure. In fact, five talents of gold was an amazing amount of money. Today, it would be millions of dollars, but not only that, but the two talent, and even the one talent, that is a huge windfall. That is an exorbitant amount of money, so he gives away a lot, of, he entrusts a lot of money, and we see that the, sir, the, the master is very wealthy, and he's very generous. He's entrusting an incredible amount to each servant. Each one has an incredible amount. Jesus is saying something about his kingdom here. He's leaving, but his ways are going to continue. And his father has already set this up as the father has, has, has given resources to his people. And Jesus says, listen, I'm leaving. And I'm leaving the gospel. I'm leaving the movement, the redemptive movement. I'm leaving it in your hands. I'm entrusting it to you, but I'm going to be back. You see, he's talking about, if we look at this, this in our life, each of you has been given talents. Each of you has been entrusted with gifts. God has given generously to you as he's entrusted the movement of Jesus to us, his people. Each human is God-gifted. Each human, each of us has God-gifted talent. Some more obvious, some less obvious, but we each have it. Lucas, I asked him to, to perform today because he has a great amount of talent. His talent is, I want him just to put it on display. He wrote the music, he wrote the words, it moved me, hope it moved you. But what I wanted to see is to see somebody who has a talent, but see somebody who knows where the talent comes from. I, when I asked him to do this, and we talked about it, he said, he said, I know where my gift comes from. It comes from the gift giver. Like Lucas knows that he was given something by, by God Almighty, and he uses that to reflect back to the gift giver. Each of you have talent born within you, a gift from the creator. Now, we all have different talents. We all have different personalities. You were born with a personality. Most, most of you were, most of us were born with a personality. We were all born with a personality, a leadership ability, a communication style, maybe a mental acumen, maybe a certain bent of emotional intelligence. You were born with many factors that go in to making you, you, and not somebody else. Now these talents, these were given to you, why? To move God's kingdom forward. You were made you to glorify him. The Bible, or God has resourced each of us, each of us with these talents to move his kingdom forward. And this parable makes it clear. We aren't gifted to grow our own little kingdoms. 
The talents that he has given us, the gifts and resources that he's given us, listen, those are from God and they're for God. They're from God and they're for God. And as we continue in this parable, we're gonna see that regardless of your job title, regardless of your position or circumstances, you are uniquely gifted by God. He's entrusted you with these talents and guess what? He's left the movement in your hands. He's entrusted us and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and he is left on this journey. You know, some of us have been uniquely put together to be a leader in business while others, you counsel and you, you run to hurting people and help them and you comfort them quickly and effortlessly. Some of you work behind the scenes and you organize and listen, there's an unlimited mix of different talents and different personality types and how they all interweave. God put the raw material of these talents within you. He gave them to me. He made you uniquely you. Uh, it says in the Old Testament, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You were knit together by the creator. You were made by him. You were gifted. Your gifts are from him and they're for him. In verse 16, we see this. The man who received the five bags of gold that went, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. Also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who received one bag went off dug a hole, and hid his master's money. We have two responses. Two invest it immediately while one does nothing. Two have a harvest. One is still holding the seed. One refuses to even do anything with it. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Now remember, Jesus is telling us what his kingdom is like. His kingdom now and his kingdom come. And when he's talking about this, after it says a long time, the master returned to settle accounts. In this context, he's saying at the end of time, there will be a day when, when God and Jesus return and they will settle accounts. And there will be accountability, we see, for the stewardship of what he's given us. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five and said, Master, you entrusted me with five and look, Here's five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man who had two bags of gold came also. Master, you entrusted me with two bags and see, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, this is great. The two servants come back and reveal they've made gains with the resources that the, the master had entrusted with them and he rewards them immensely. But then the third servant comes forward. The man who received one bag of gold said, Master, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you didn't scatter seed. And I was afraid, so I went out and hid, it, hid the gold in the ground and see, see, here's what belongs to you. Nothing's been lost. I didn't lose a cent. I didn't lose any of it. It's all safe. Here it is. Nothing's been lost. And, and if God was truly concerned about talent or the amount of money, he would have said, oh, whew, at least you didn't lose any. Thank you. Good job. But look how he replies. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. How harsh is that? The servant who does nothing is called lazy. He didn't lose the talent he was given, but he didn't even try to use the talent either. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew I harvested where I have not sown and you knew I gathered where I haven't scattered seed. Like, you know me that well, do you? You know me that well? Well, I tell you then, you should have put the money in deposit with the bankers so I would, when I returned, I would at least have interest. 
at least invest it. At least invest it so there's some return on, the, on what I've entrusted to you. But you did nothing with the talent I gave you. You did nothing. You wanted to go out and live your life and do what you wanted and ignore this request. So you buried it and you went and did whatever you wanted and you kept it safe and you came back here at the end hoping it was insurance for your entrance into the kingdom. Like, yeah, you didn't lose it, but you didn't do anything with it. He says, take the bag of gold from this servant and give it to the others. And then he tells them to take this servant from my presence, never to return. And at the end of days, this servant is sent away from God's presence. He's sent away from God's presence. What an intense parable. I mean, if you're a guest with us, welcome. <laughs> let's pull a few things out of this. First of all, let's look at the talents. One talent is 16 years wages. That is a lot of money. The first thing we notice is that God is generous. He's so generous with what he gives us. Each of you, he's given generously to you. Is he, is he not generous with the person with one talent? That's an amazing amount of money. It's incredible potential for someone's life. He is generous to each of them. We see that the master is generous when he gives gifts. The second thing is this. We learn from the parable that God cares less about your giftedness and more about your faithfulness. He cares less about your giftedness and more about your faithfulness. You know, we love to worship the gifted. We love to worship the talented. We buy their music, we wear their jerseys, we, we, we buy their books, we follow their blogs, we follow their Instagrams, we admire them, we wish we were more like them. We worship them. But God, he cares about faithfulness with what he's given you over the giftedness that he's given you. Why? Because he is the gift giver. He is the author of talent and he's not enamored by it. We are enamored by talented people. We want to be like them. He's the author of talent. You know, God's the one who gave LeBron James that innate athletic ability. He gave Mozart and Eminem the talent for making music and intricacy. He gave C.S. Lewis the talent for thinking and for writing. He gave Leonardo the talent for acting or for painting, depending on which one you're thinking of. He gave the, he gave the Kardashians a talent for... He, well, he gave the Kardashians talent too. Some, he's the author of talent. He's the author of talent. He's the gift giver. He's not enamored by gifts the way we are. He's not enamored by talent like we are. He cares more about your faithfulness than your giftedness. If you're gifted, he gave it to you for a reason. He wants to see what we're gonna do with it. Orchard, how has God gifted you? How are you uniquely talented? Right now in your own life, just think to yourself, how am I uniquely talented? How am I uniquely gifted from God? Each of you has a gift. Each of you has talent. What is it? Singing. In singing? There's all kinds of gifts in this place. What do you have? What would yours be? God has, God has given, he's poured out his talents and gifts on his children. Last week I said, it's vital that you know what your treasure is because your heart will be there and you will build your life around it. So you better know what your treasure is.
And this week I'm gonna tell you, it is important to know what your talent is because God has uniquely gifted you. He has given you those things and we read in his word that he does care about what we do with them. He didn't gift us just to bury it. He gifted us and gave us talents to use in his kingdom to bring redemption, to move his movement forward. He gave us talents to invest. The whole parable starts off when someone says, what is your kingdom like? And he says, well, if the kingdom's like this, God gave you each unique talents. Some invest in God's kingdom, some grow God's kingdom, and some do nothing. But God holds all of them accountable for their stewardship. Each of you are gifted by God with unique talents. Each of you. None of us were gifted with these things to build our temporary kingdoms. You were gifted this way, in that way that you were gifted, to build and grow his kingdom, to bring redemption, to, to love God and love people, for an eternal kingdom, for souls that go beyond this world. If you have the talent of leadership, because some of you have great influence in the community or in business, and you have this leadership gift, God did not give you the gift of leadership for a purpose to build your own small temporary kingdom and turn it into an empire before it passes. He gave us the gift of leadership to lead in his kingdom, to lead in this world, to lead people to a redemptive movement, to lead people to Jesus, truly. He is, we'd say here all the time, he's the main thing. God gives leadership to leaders to lead and build his kingdom. If you can teach, God has given you the talent of teaching to lead and build and teach into his kingdom. Are you blessed with the ability to help the hurting and downtrodden? That talent, that heart has been given by God for you to build and equip his kingdom. Some of you serve behind the scenes in vast effective ways. God gave you these talents of hospitality or organization or hosting or helping to build his kingdom. Whatever your talent would be, we love to look around and compare that. We love to go, well, it's not like that and I can't do that and I can't sing. And I can't, uh, we love to look out a window. Stop looking out a window and look in the mirror. You, when you compare your talent to somebody else, all you're gonna have is excuses. When you compare yourself to you and what God's called you to, you can make progress. Stop comparing your talent to someone else. God doesn't want you to be them. God made you, you, to be unique where you are, to do what only you can do. Look in the mirror, make progress. Look in the mirror, compare yourself to what, how he's made you and say, God, what would you have me do here? Not what would you have them do. You've called me to this place. You have put this in me. I am uniquely talented to be me. Whatever it is in your life, Jesus says, I have, I, am, I have left, but I am coming back, and I have entrusted this movement into your hands, and I've gifted you, and I've given you my spirit to lead you and give you wisdom as you use these gifts, and I'm coming back. The Bible talks about this all over the Bible. Romans 12 says this, we each have different gifts according to the grace that he's given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's, encourage, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then do so generously. If it's to lead, then lead diligently. If it's to show mercy, then show mercy cheerfully. Whatever your talent is, whatever your gift is from God, it's from God and it's for God. Don't bury it. Don't unwisely invest it in a passing, fading kingdom. Invest it and use it and utilize it and give it back to the creator and author of talent to bring redemption to this world. Goes on and says in 1 Peter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If someone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. 
in all things, so that in all things that we do, whether speaking or serving, public or private, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Our talents, our gift, our serving, our leading, our speaking, our prophesying, our hosting, our organizing, our talents, our gifts, what we do is to glorify God and bring glory to his kingdom. Ephesians 2.10 goes farther. We are God's handiwork. Like he's created us in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the deal. God has gifted you. He's put talents in you. He's called you. And just so you know, he's prepared good works out in front of you. That means tomorrow he has good works waiting for you to walk into, to use the very gifts and spirit he's given you. And if we have ears to, to hear and eyes to see when we walk into those moments, we realize this is one of those moments. But oftentimes we go through our life just plowing through these divine appointments that he sets up. The Bible says he has works ahead of us, prepared in advance to do. And guess what? I can't do them for you. And you can't do mine. No one can do someone else's. He, he has equipped you to be you, where you are, how you are. And he has opportunity ahead of you, even tomorrow, even today, this week, to bring redemption and have divine moments. Now, we love to look at other people's talents, like I said, and say, I'm not as talented as her, not like him. But James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from, from above. It comes down from God our Father. Every talent you have, every gift that you have is from God. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 and 6 says, um, there are different kinds of service. There's all different kinds of things, but one God there's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Listen, your, your gifts are like no one else's and that's okay. That's, that's how we want it. There's all kinds of ways we do this, but God is to be glorified and he's working in all of them. God knows you're unique. He knows you're not your neighbor. He knows you're not your friend. He knows, you're not, he, he knows that you're not your pastor. And guess what? He doesn't want you to be them either. He has things for you to do that your pastor, your neighbor, and your friends cannot and will not he has uniquely equipped you to do these things. Orchard, each of us, each of you are gifted. Each of you are called. Each of you has talent and a purpose for building God's kingdom and to grow it. He's called each of us to put our hands to the redemptive work, to love God and love people and bring people to the understanding that there is, there is a God and it's Jesus, the main thing. How are you talented? How are you gifted? Are you using it to grow God's kingdom? How are you investing in the gifts and the talents that he's given you? Are you leveraging the resources, gifts, talents, and levels of influence God has entrusted to your life to give him glory? Are you leveraging what he's entrusted you to bring and further his kingdom? This, this often isn't the stuff we like to talk about. And it's not the most encouraging message to some because it, it kind of it pokes us in some places. But listen how the parable finishes up. These are the words of Jesus himself. I'm gonna read it in the first person. He didn't write it like this. I'm gonna, he said, when the Messiah comes, I'm gonna read it as if he's saying it. When I come in all my glory and all my angels come with me, I will sit on my glorious throne and all nations will be gathered before me and I will separate the people one from another. And it sounds so judgmental, so politically incorrect, but Jesus is so much more concerned with spiritual directness than political correctness because he's building a movement and there's lives and souls on the line. Th th these things actually matter Souls are eternal, and, and, and it matters to him. And so he's being very direct and saying there will come a point, there will come a time, and there will be an accounting. 
And I will say that either Jesus is who he says he is and these things are true. If he is who he says he is, then he's coming back and these things are true. If he's not who he says he is, then none of it matters anyway. But if he's Messiah, if he's Savior, and if he's gifted us and given us these talents, and if he's given us these resources, then what we do with them to bring glory to him and his kingdom, it matters to him. It truly matters to him. How are we doing with the life he's given us? Orchard, how are you doing with the talents and gifts he's entrusted to you? Remember, don't compare, just look at your life. How are you doing with how he's uniquely formed you? What servant most accurately portrays you? Do you have the, the gifts and talents in your, in your hands, holding them tightly, afraid to do anything with them? Or have you opened your hands? It feels uncomfortable to, ask, to, to have these questions asked of us. I understand. It feels uncomfortable to have me push on some of these things. And I'm gonna go ahead and give you an out. You can ignore me today. You can hear this and put it aside and never address my question. But I wanna tell you something. There'll come a day where it won't be me asking you this. It will be God Almighty. And you can't get away from that moment. So when I ask you today, how are we doing? It's kind of a wake-up call for some of us because these things matter to God. They matter to his heart. There's a hurting world right now out there that needs salvation, that needs redemption, that is clamoring for anything to, to have find hope. And we have it in Jesus Christ. These things matter. He's entrusted us to bring redemption and Christ's light to a dark and hurting world. He's given us the resources in, inside each of us to be uniquely his, uniquely gifted to do so. How are you doing with the talents he's given you? Micah is an amazing example of this. She sits on the back row. Micah's our, our worship leader. She sat on the back row for many years, and no one knew she could play anything. And she sat back there, and she was afraid to, to step forward and step up because it's risky. And you think, I mean, it's risky to play on stage. It's risky to, to pour your heart out in worship. It's risky to play your own songs. It's, it's risky, but it's risky wherever you decide to step up. It doesn't matter if it's a stage or not. So I get it. Micah was back there, and through the encouragement or pushing of her husband, we found out that she had these talents within her and so now we see Micah up here on stage. And we all benefit from the talent and gifts that God has given her. And it's amazing to me. We, I know Micah. We have not even yet began to see the greatness that is in her, that God has given and trusted with her. But it's so cool to think that she was just sitting back there, but she had that in her, and God asked her to step up, and she did. And we all benefit, and guess what? The kingdom grows because she said yes. Orchard, hear me. We firmly believe that God is building something in our church here to impact the surrounding cities and surrounding region. And there is more talent and resources in this room right now than any other gathering in this, in this area. There is more talent and more resource right here in this room for God's kingdom. And God's calling us to something great. 
And for some of us, for many of us, it is time to ask, what talent has he given me? What's he placed within me? And am I surrendering it? Am I using it for his kingdom? Because God is moving this church places. And remember, this building can go away tomorrow and the church is still here. The church is us, the people, not this building. So when the, if the building is gone, the question still remains, what do we do to love God and love people? What do we do with the gifts he's entrusted us to leverage it to a world that's hurting and needs Jesus? If we, the people of the orchard, begin to see that all of our talent is from God and for God, we would begin to invest the best of our lives, the best of who we are, to seeing his work done and his kingdom move forward. Micah leads our worship team, and we all benefit, and the kingdom moves forward. And those of you with the gift of leadership, perhaps it's time to stop sitting back and step up and lead in this house. And we would all benefit, and God's kingdom would move forward. Those of you with gifts with music, courageously step up and go to Micah and tell her, hey, here's what I do. And we will all benefit and the kingdom will grow. Those of you with the gift of service, step up and serve in all areas, seen and unseen. And guess what? We will all benefit and God's kingdom will grow. Those of you with the gift of teaching, courageously come forward, talk to Charlie or myself or one of the elders about your talent of equipping people and we will all benefit and the kingdom will grow. Those of you that have a, a desire or love for children and youth and teaching them, approach Stacy or Trevor and offer them your services to, to serve God and guess what? As you begin serving with students or with children, our children, our families, the future of this church benefits and God's kingdom grows when we engage what God has given us. Listen, there's no gift too small. Stop comparing. I don't care if you're an introvert, extrovert, speaker, server, counter, cooker, host, grandparent, retired teenager, kid, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever gift you have, stop thinking it's, oh, it's not that big. It's not. Listen, God has made you uniquely you and you have a place in this house to serve and lead and see God use your talent to have redemption come. Whatever it would be, whatever yours would be, how can you engage what God is giving you? Whatever your talent is, whatever your gift is, don't bury it. Don't invest it selfishly in something that's fading and passing. Don't keep it to yourself out of fear and don't think, oh, I just do so much of other places. Listen, God is calling us the orchard to love him and love people, to surrender our small kingdoms for his great kingdom, to say thank you for the gifts that he's given us and then live that by, by giving it back to him. Jesus Christ gave his life to us and our call in return is to give our lives directly back to him. Today's message is very easy. It has to do with harvesting and planning, investing in your talents, investing how God has created you, and, and seeing a harvest come back from those things. You have been created and given talent and gifts by God. He calls you to use those gifts and talents to grow his kingdom and he is coming back. Some of you are so powerful out in the community, and you're out there doing things nationally, locally, and internationally to bring redemption. Whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, however God created you to see the field, make sure that as you are out there building things, that you are saying, God, this is from you and for you, and that you're bringing redemption. Be courageous, Orchard. Be courageous. 
Talk to somebody. Get in the game. Step up. Talk to Micah or Stacy or Trevor. Talk to Charlie or myself. You're gifted. Each of you is gifted. Each of you has innate God-given talents that bring redemption. And for many of us, it's time to dig it out of the ground where we buried it and start to invest it and use it. Orchard, we are a talented, well-resourced people. And their movement's gonna happen here. And Jesus is gonna get all the glory. And for many of us, we're gonna see God move in incredible ways on the other side of our risk as we step forward like Micah did and say, well, I have this. God, what can you do with it? You're gonna be amazed to see what God does with the gifts he's given you. As we go into uh, communion, I wanna remind you as we go into communion, this is the, the, the symbol of Jesus' death and resurrection. And if you're a guest with us today, there is no class you have to take to partake in communion. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. If you would like to come and remember him by um, taking of the body and the, the symbols of the body and blood, do so. And as you sit down with the symbol of his broken body and shed blood, thank him for all that he did. Thank him for all that he gave you. And then have some conversation with the Holy Spirit. How did you make me? How did you give me gift and talents? How can I step up and use them for redemption? Orchard, there is glory ahead of us as we see God's kingdom move forward. And as we see people far from God come into his family, as we see marriages healed, as we see uh, kids parented differently, and, and we see all kinds, of just the effects of redemption as it moves throughout people's lives. And we get to be a part of it. What a privilege. What a divine privilege and responsibility. I rebuke any condemnation or shame in this building because there is none in Jesus Christ. Look at yourself and your talents through the perspective of the Father in heaven who gave them to you. And let's use those. Let's see his kingdom come. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for what you've given us. Jesus, I thank you for every single man and woman in this place. You uniquely created them. There is no one like them. And so many of them are involved in ventures that are bringing life all over the place. Father, for some of them, you want to ask them today to step up, to take a risk, to take the talents that you've given them and to begin to bring redemption through them. I pray you would give us boldness today. I pray you would give us courage today. And Jesus, all the glory is yours. Every talent we have is from you and for you, and we thank you. And everyone said, amen. If you have prayer requests today and you would like someone to pray with you, we'll have some people up front on both sides. It could be a small prayer request. It could be something big. It doesn't matter what it is. But feel free, if you need someone to speak to or, or pray with, come on forward. And for the rest of us, let's, um, let's ask the Holy Spirit what he'd have for us.